Hello, organized and productive community and listeners. Welcome to a spectacular solo episode that's sure to make your storage spaces less eek and more chic. As we dive into the eerie realm of avoiding these little critters that are uninvited into our storage spaces and pantries and closets, let's go ahead and talk about how to avoid them and if you do have them, what to do about it. So grab your brooms, the cleaning kind, and let's brew up some storage magic to keep these little creepy crawlers at bay. And let's go. Welcome to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. I am your host, Stephanie, a professional organizer and productivity expert. Ready to explore the right organizing and productivity solutions for you? Yeah? Well, then let's go. Okay, so if you can't tell, I had a lot of fun recording that intro to this episode. I have been looking forward to doing a Halloween special for so long. If you are new to our community or in my space and knowing me, the fall time frame is my favorite season of all, even before it became, you know, this like popular thing to really like. I've always loved the fall, the crispiness of it, but even more so Halloween. I love Halloween and like the spooky stuff. And um, even as, you know, as a kid, I would decorate our porch and watch all the movies. And I just think it's like so thrilling and so fun. So I was really looking forward to this episode. But just as excited as I am about the season and to record that, I'm just as excited to talk to you about this topic that can be a little spooky. And, you know, no pun intended, but it is spooky. It's creepy. You don't want these little critters in your any part of your space, but especially the spaces that um, you you were meaning to protect. And, you know, when they come in into your space, it's like the opposite of that. So it just feels like they're violating your space and then they're ruining your things. So I'm really excited about this topic because I don't want your stuff to be ruined. If you are going to be storing items, you may as well do it do it right. Like do it so that things don't get ruined and that they are long lasting, right? So if you're going to go through the trouble of putting it in storage or using your storage area, um, then I definitely want you to make sure that your stuff does not get ruined. So let's talk about some of the tips that I have for you. Some, most, actually all of these tips I've experienced in some way, shape or form. So I'm actually giving you these tips based off of my uh, my own experience working with so many clients. I have been in so many storage facilities and basements and attics and crawl spaces and sheds and garages, you know, the, where usually those are the spaces that you use as storage, um, but also closets that are in rooms and you're using as storage. So I have, if it's a storage area, I have most likely been in it. And these tips are all about the things that I have seen. And either I saw a client or somebody did this really well, and I want to share it with you, or and or there was a pest control company that I talked to, and they gave me this tip for you when for you and the clients that I was working with at the time. So you know, we needed to mitigate some of these problems. And they firsthandly told me like, make sure to do this. And then the third is, of course, my own experience, just kind of seeing what works, what doesn't. So that that's what all of these that's where all of these tips have come from. So let's get to it. Let me give you that's a, a list of about seven. I'm not really going to keep track here. Um, it's not like a top 10 list. It's just about seven tips. And within each tip, there's like sub things that I want to talk to you about. And um, so some of them will 
apply to you, some of them won't. Uh, it's going to depend on where you live, the area, the space, the climate, um, and all that stuff too. So just, of course, listen in and make sure that you apply what's ap applicable to you and what doesn't, just kind of remove it for your, from your brain or share it with a friend that you think may benefit from this episode. Okay, so first things first is the uh, the insurance um, kind of disclaimer. I don't know if it's a disclaimer, but like a reminder for me, from me to you. Um, first, make sure that your insurance company or your insurance policy or company that you use covers damage from rodents or pests. And I want to start with this very first line because sometimes the best defense is, or the best offense is a, is a good defense. And um, you may not have any critters. So this may not, you know, you may think that this doesn't play a part into into this whole conversation, but let's just find out what you're what you're covered under, right? Um, some insurance companies will have will need you to do certain things to pro, to prove that you know you are protecting yourself against whatever critters and things like that. So just talk to your insurance policy. Um, ask them if they have maybe a, a separate policy that you would like to purchase. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. It depends on where you live. It depends on what area, the climate, all of the things. But why not give them a call and see what you have available? You can also call your state and see if they have anything that's state uh, negotiated, um, or you can do like an umbrella under your umbrella policy or just some other type of policy especially for storage units, because in storage units, it is not part of your home, it's outside of your home. They are probably covered under a different insurance policy that you either signed under or didn't. So basically, just look into what am I covered when it comes to my, my storage units and or storage area, like a basement, a shed, and things like that. Like, does it need to be attached to the house? Does it not? If you live in an apartment and you are utilizing a storage area that they occupy, like, what are you covered under? Okay, so let's let's get that out of the way. Let's just talk to the insurance po uh, policy makers and just give them a call and see what you're covered under. All right, so let's talk about containers. So for containers in storage areas, whether it's a storage facility or not, um, it'll depend if this area is climate controlled. Very important. Uh, regardless if it's climate controlled or not though, I would suggest that you pack items in plastic totes versus cardboard boxes. You know, cardboard boxes, they're just, for so many reasons and the way that they're built, they're perfect to keep those critters warm, nest inside, make little, you know, webs and just kind of get in there. So I would suggest that you don't use cardboard boxes, especially if it's a long-term storage solution for you. Maybe not so much the seasonal stuff. If you're going to be opening the boxes at least once a year, maybe it's not as predominant that this, you know, that you use the plastic containers. But if they're going to be in a storage facility or closed for very long periods of time, then something like an airtight container is going to be very important. But but the disclaimer here, which I'm going to talk about it in a couple of the other points, is always um, figure out or do your research about what you what what the materials of the things that you're storing, uh, what what are they? So like for instance, fabrics. If you put fabrics in a plastic container that is airtight without any flow, you will get that musky smell, that plastic smell. It will absorb all of that and it will be icky and yucky and you don't want that. Um, so definitely depending on the material, you may 
need some airflow, but at the, at just in general, airtight containers are good. Uh, plastic containers over cardboard boxes in storage areas are good. Um, so those are kind of some of those, um, you know, it, no matter what, those are good rules to follow. Um, if you are going to be using these containers, wherever you're going to put these containers, put them away or, um, put them away from anything that may be a nesting ground. So for instance, if you're storing things outside and there's a wood pile or there is an area where notoriously critters will nest, you probably wanna keep it away from that area. Okay, so just like move it over so it's not so close to there. Obviously in a storage facility, um, you will have less of that, but, but here's the thing in storage facilities, and I've been to many, and I used to keep my stuff in some, you don't know what your neighbor is doing so or what they're storing. Um, I remember I had a client once, their neighbors, eventually they found out that they had all this lumber and uh, like old, uh, not old, but um, construction material. So they had like lumber, they had boards, and all of that is wood. And so critters got a hold, somehow got in, and of course it was just perfect for them. And they were right next door. So that was not really fun. Um, but the point is, if you know that there is like piles of, of wood or things where critters will notoriously nest, try to stay away from that area, keep your items away from that area so they, they don't, you know, cross over. The next one is look for pest controlled or weather controlled uh, containers. So not all containers are made the same. So even though they are airtight or they're closed, it doesn't mean that they're meant to be used for all weather and all in like pest control. There are some that make it specifically um, to help you with these problems. And the nice thing about that is if they, you know, if something goes wrong and you need to return it or they did chew through the material, they most likely will take it back because they told you it was supposed to be um, pest controlled, right? So sometimes it is worth paying just a little more for the insurance and or for the guarantee that they will take it back if it gets ruined or if the opposite of of the you know the pests did get in. So sometimes it's worth it. Um, they may cost a little more, but if it's something really important to you, maybe there's some antiques in there, maybe there's some family heirlooms that are really important to you, it might be worth it. So look for the labels that are um, called either pest control containers or weather controlled type of containers. For our next tip, we've got um, the discussion about food. Let's talk about food. Uh, I hope this goes without saying, but you know, critters love the crumbs, the food, um, they, even the smell of food. So even if you left and cleaned the food, but the storage unit or the area still smells like food, they might be attracted to it and come into the space, okay? So even the smell. If you can avoid it, try not to eat in that storage area, the crawl space, the attic, try to avoid bringing food up there. And if you are, make sure that you're cleaning right after so that you're not attracting these little bugs and critters and things that are not supposed to be in there. And the, the reason I wanted to really mention it is just because most people don't think about the odor. Um, the odor is also just as important to not, you know, to try to avoid in that area. 
If you won't be visiting that storage area, facility, or area in your home for a long time, then it's especially true, and I would encourage you to clean it out before you head out. Uh, do like a really good cleaning, vacuuming, broom, uh, sweeping with the broom, or vacuuming, and just making sure that there's nothing left behind because you won't be back for a while, right? And you're not going to be coming back to that area. Holiday items, same thing when you're putting it away, um, you know, kind of shake it out so that there's no Thanksgiving crumbs on the, um, on like the mats that you used for on the kitchen, right? Or like the um, pots and pans that you maybe put away that are very specific to the holidays. Let's make sure those are clean, that there's no food in it so that the pests aren't attracted to it. Next on our list and kind of associated with the containers that we just talked about, that whole tip, uh, it's to keep items raised from the floor, from the ground, if you can. I understand that it's not always possible. It's it's a whole nother step to take and I get that. Um, but when you have either legs, so if you have like legs for shelving units or uh, they do make flooring where you can just lay stuff on top of the flooring and it has legs. Um, so that way that there's some space between the ground and the stuff that you have storing in that area. For many reasons, this is a good idea. One of them is, I mean, it just protects from, you know, like if there's a leak or water, at least it gives you a little bit of cushion before it gets to your stuff. But that's also why you, we, you know, we'd like to have plastic containers or weatherproof containers so it doesn't soak up any water damage that may, you may have to come across. Um, but also, if there is water leaking, so think from the top to the bottom, so not bottom, you know, not just a flood, but if something's leaking or maybe something fell and it broke and it, it was water-based and it just kind of gets all over the place, um, and you don't want it to just be standing, like standing water, because standing water will also attract different types of bugs and that won't be good, right? So for many reasons, we just like to have um, a, like a little bit of wiggle room between the floor and your stuff if possible. So keep items raised just a couple of inches, one or two, you know, two inches is usually a good starting point. It gives you that wiggle room and you can always dust and clean underneath it. Um, it makes it much easier. For our next tip, we are talking all about mattresses and furniture and upholster furniture specifically, um, because not all furniture is the same, as you know, and not just look-wise, I know they're not the same, but the material is not always going to be the same. Basically, what you're looking for here is anything that rodents, critters may nest or dig into. Um, that's usually upholster furniture, that's usually mattresses, that's usually anything that has fabric, right? And then they'll like try to get in. But here's the thing about not all furniture being the same. Uh, when it's something like a sofa, you don't want to totally wrap it without any good, some kind of um, airflow, because then it's just going to get musky and it needs to have some kind of ventilation, especially if you don't have a climate controlled storage area. Now, if it's climate control, different story. You don't need to worry about that as much. Uh, but if you don't, like if you're storing stuff in your garage and it's not insulated or your shed or an outside storage facility that does not have climate control, then this will be a problem. Um, so you don't want to pack it so tight, the sofa or the furniture, that it doesn't breathe and or it gets discolored. So when you go and unwrap it, it just gets ruined. So you don't want that. You don't want to go all the way to that extreme, but we do need to protect it. Um, there are protectors for mattresses that are great. 
So look for those um, cover mattresses. You can look look at them online. We have a whole list of our favorite products over on our blog page, theorganizedflamingo.com slash blog, um, if you're looking for more specific suggestions. Um, but something like that, you know, something that just will protect it but won't, won't ruin the fabric. Um, also, the... Anything that may be wood, um, anything that may be porous. So think about those types of things where um, critters may be able to get inside of it. So really you're just trying to protect and not have anything be nesting or eating your furniture, of course, or nesting or grabbing the materials from it um, because they, they want to like use it for, for their nest or take it back to eat or whatever it may be. So that's what you're looking for when it comes to your furniture when you're storing it. The next one is, um, this tip is all about natural pest deterrence. And this is, again, um, having more of a defense, so putting things out there that may help. Uh, I want to be really very clear that these couple of items or things that I'm about to mention, items um, and natural remedies, are things that I have heard are good. I've tried some of these myself, but I also don't want to go too deep into giving you these tips because, um, you know, some of them, it, it's going to depend on where you live, what kind of material you're trying to protect, the allergies that you may have, etc., etc. Okay, so I'm just giving you these buzzwords, or they're not buzzwords, they're actual natural remedies that are out there that are good for critters. But please, please, please do your own research. Go look up what would be the best combination for the type of critter that you may have in your area. Every state, every county, every area is different. Um, and then also, you know, just make sure that it's the the, the right combination is being produced and done because you don't want to be mixing things that um, will do the opposite or ruin your stuff or be not good for you or the animals. Um, okay, so things like peppermint, uh, mothballs, cedar chips, mint, lavender oil, any of those natural types of oils um, are very handy. I've heard that eugenol is also a good ingredient, which is an oil that's comes from the cloves, cloves, not cloves, cloves. Um, so think combinations of those things, some of them stand alone. I've also used um, soap, bars of soap, different types of soap, um, and just put them at wherever the entry points would be to detract them from coming in. So combination of those things, look those words up and do like a little search that just says, you know, avoiding critters with the some of these words that I just mentioned in natural remedies and see what might work for you. What's a good combination for you to use. Uh, so that way you can avoid it and avoid the whole, you know, avoid them even coming into the space. These last couple of tips are more about the maintenance and what to do once you've cleared the space or once you have found a solution. Um, one of them is going to be just visit that area as often as you can. Uh, so for some of you, it may be every, once a year. For some of you, it's every other year, whatever it may be, especially if you are out of town, maybe you're traveling and you're keeping a storage facility behind so that you only come back like once a year, every every couple of years or whatever it may be, then just but visit, you know, but visit and make sure that when you do visit, if time allows that you open some of those boxes and also look in the boxes. So not just in the storage facility or the basement, just like the area, but also open up a couple of those boxes once in a while, especially the ones that are kind of in the bottom or the corner, very, you know, in the dark. Those are probably going to be the ones where they probably nested. Um, 
not always, but you know, open up a couple of different boxes and see what the situation is. Um, with that, um, if you can, I always like to tell people to try to wash and clean the items before they go in the boxes to begin with, but I know that's not always possible. And obviously after about a year or two, things will still get, you know, they're probably just going to get a little bit dirty in some way, shape or form. Um, hopefully not as much because they should be protected. Um, but, you know, washing and cleaning whenever possible, or if not the items, the stuff around it or the cover around it or the box around it, or just do like a little dusting situation or with a vacuum cleaner. Um, so do just like a little bit of that maintenance that is also required in a storage area. So don't forget about those areas and clean cleaning those areas. Under the category of this maintenance, these maintenance tips that I'm giving you is also the labeling piece, which, you know, us organizers, we love a good labeling system um, for so many reasons. And it's not just for the aesthetics. It's also to tell you and remind you what's in that box or that container when you haven't opened it for a really long time. So this is where labeling is really important and really crucial if you can do it. Uh, label, a couple of suggestions that I would give you as far as labeling the boxes. Um, there's a little bit of like a, a, the catch 22 because when you go too much into detail over what's in a box, that also opens you up for, um, you know, telling people what's in the box. Not to scare you or, or anything, but you know, if you're saying I have gold bars in this box, if somebody breaks into your storage area, basement, or wherever, um, they're probably going to go to the one that says gold bars, <laughs> if true, right? So maybe, or put, you know, maybe don't label the box social security numbers or private stuff. You know, that's kind of a, like a red flag slash almost like an opening for someone to say, hey, come and steal me. So don't do that. Maybe not, not that far, but. If you can label the the, um, the box with the materials that are in there, so paper, um, so be generalized, you know, like kind of like a, when you will get a mirror in, in the mail or if you order a mirror and it gets delivered to you, it says fragile, right? So you're going to do as many of those description words as possible so that when you go in and recheck on that storage area, you will remember what's in there. And this is incredibly important for the critters conversation because that will also give you um, a clue as to which ones you should check first. So for instance, if you do, if you have a whole box of paper towels um, that you've been storing for some reason, then that is probably a good one to check because those are the ones that the critters might be nesting in or getting to. So if you are pressed for time and you're only doing a check-in in your storage area every year, then you'll want to go to the ones that are, you know, high, uh, there's high probability of critters in them. So maybe something like, um, some of the keywords are paper. Some of those other ones are going to be um, like a fragile items, which tells you like fragile slash mirror glass. Those will tell you that most likely glass, they're not nesting, on, you know, with glass, um, but fabrics, paper, things like that, they will. So just do like a general label that says office paper um, or kitchen paper, um, something like that, so that you know what's in there and which ones to check in on whenever you're doing your storage area check-ins. And there you have it, dear listeners, a ghoulishly good guide to keeping your storage spaces crater-free. I hope that you found these tips helpful 
And may your spaces forever remain free from spooky surprises like these creepy crawlers. Until next time, happy organizing. Thank you for listening to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you'd leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. It helps with letting people know that we're here. For full show notes and resources, head on over to theorganizedflamingo.com slash podcast. Happy organizing. Happy organizing.